0: Welcome to Absalon Fintech Insights, a podcast series by IXCeed that features exclusive interviews and insightful discussions. Join us today to hear about the latest trends that are reshaping the future of finance.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to our fireside chat. Today, we have with us Peter Wanamaker, who is a principal analyst at Forrester. While Peter's interests are usually around digital banking strategies pertaining to channel solutions, marketing, and branding. Today, he's going to talk to us about some of the best practices for a successful transformation from a traditional bank to a digital first bank. Over to you, Peter.
0: Thank you, Frevin. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me and thank you to all of you for for joining us. So, yeah, I mean, a, a successful transformation from traditional to digital and even to digital first is a big, it's a big question. It's a big process. So I'll, I'll sort of kick us off with giving my perspective here. And we've been part of this. We've been through some successful and some not as successful and some, in fact, failures in this regard with banks all around the world. So I'll, I'll give you my my view. So fundamentally, this is about this, this transformation from a digital bank to becoming a digital and, in fact, a digital first bank. Fundamentally, this is about three things, culture, mindset. And strategy. Those are overlapping, no question. They're also big, right? I mean, I I use the word fundamentally. I think I used it. Uh, I should have because that's what I mean. I mean, this is these are these take time. What's noteworthy is not primarily a question of technology. The technology enables it. Sometimes the, the technology is the spark or the catalyst for some aspect of the shift, and that's acceptable. That's, that's, that's appropriate, in fact. But it's ultimately, you know, the shift we're talking about, the transformation we're talking about is not primarily about the technology. It's not even primarily about the operational infrastructure that needs to be there, that is necessary. But the shift we're talking about, the transformation we're talking about is the transformation of your organization's culture, the mindset that you as collectively and, in fact, individually have. And the strategy you lay out, which is, by the way, not a set rigid. I mean, there was a long time where digital strategy was one thing. I could could literally go into a bank and look at their digital strategy or read it, read their roadmap. It was was relatively rigid and static, all that shifting. So fundamentally, it's culture, mindset, and strategy. It is, you know, what I'll say again, just to, to reiterate this, is it's not primarily about technology. Yes, digital technologies have emerged, and they are often, you know, our research shows that they're often changing what a bank or what an organization can do. But the firms that have been successful here, firms that are showing sustained, profitable growth through digital transformation, I'm thinking about firms like BBVA on a global standpoint, from a global standpoint. There there are probably about a dozen that have really successfully made this shift. I would do look at DBS in Singapore. I would look at, frankly, Bank of America in the US. So there, there are a couple of them, uh, more than a couple. There's about a dozen of them. What they're focused on is those approaches that really, the, again, the mindset and the strategies that, that are found in digital-first co- companies. Okay, so I'll give an example just because I'm worried if I, if I seem sort of... Bit hemming and hawing. It's because I'm worried that we're sort of getting to highfalutin. So I'll I'll, I'll get I'll give a specific example, not a named. There's a good number of times during this this fireside chat that I probably can't name someone, but there's a leading traditional bank that totally reorged, not just moving chess pieces or chairs in the Titanic, um, but fundamentally reorged and centralized strategy around design thinking, outside-in approaches, various frameworks to ensure that digital business. Not just digital as an extension of analog traditional products, but digital business guided all strategic and tactical decisions. To go a little bit further. So what that bank did and what we've seen some other banks do is rethink the relationship model. And I'm probably going to say this a few times during our conversation, but Forrester in our research have identified what we call the relationship model. And really it's just, it's the role that a bank or any company plays in people's lives. Right, it is the role they play in people's lives. As a result of that role, they're creating value, and the way they monetize that value is the business model. Right, the business model is how a company makes money. That shift, how your company makes money, what role you play in people's lives, is a is the fundamental shift, or is, is an indicator of the fundamental shift. I'm sorry to say that in our research, so a survey we've run multiple times, run it for about two decades. But in the most recent variations of this survey, that's 2022, 2023, we included nearly 25 possible priorities, I think it was actually 26, possible priorities for any kind of business. Among banks, the least prioritized category was, quote, rethinking our business model. So although that is a fundamental, and I get that it's hard, right? The way you make money as a bank is the way you've made money. Honestly, for in many banks' cases, for a hundred years, if you include you know things like transaction fees and credit cards, uh, things like that, then it's 50 plus years. But it's a long time; it's a, a multiple decades. So there are a few leading banks that are, are saying, "Let's take a hard look at what role we play for, for people, what place we have in the ecosystem, and how we monetize that value that they create." So another, a different large multinational bank actually created and built the first developer-facing offerings from a bank to monetize APIs. Uh, and APIs are not brand new. They are not a silver bullet binding stretch, but they are they are the connective tissue for multiple new types of relationship models and business models. And that idea of creating a developer-facing platform to monetize APIs for a bank is a very different role than the one played by traditional banks. And this is a traditional bank, I and mean, this is one that was over 100 years old. Uh, it's now that that channel, that API for developer-facing channel, is now one of the five most profitable revenue streams for that bank. Uh, and the last thing I'll say is a few leading banks, more than a few in this case, I think this is, this is both the ones that have been successful in digital transformation and the ones that are going strong, that are looking likely to be. On my list or everyone else's list in the coming years, they've done a good job of recognizing the role of digital on customer experiences. What we've seen fewer do is recognize the role of digital in product innovation. So big kudos to traditional banks, in this case, many traditional banks who've recognized that apps and websites are going to have you know broad appeal and are going to be central to people's relationship with their financial, With their money, with their financial providers, and with the activities they do, the financial activities they do. So good. Banks have done a good job of extending their role onto digital channels. What too few banks have done is really say, let's go beyond that digital experience, right? Let's not just extend and improve our digital experiences for our traditional analog products, our traditional you know, roles and business models and revenue streams, but actually fundamentally rethink product innovation from a from the ground up, from a 0 base digital initiative standpoint. They thought a lot about digital experience, but done almost nothing to reimagine what products and services they can offer or how they're delivered. Um, how they're serviced a little bit, but not how they're delivered. So our research-based prediction is that product innovation, digital product innovation, is going to matter more in the next five years in banking than in the previous decade combined, right? So far, they've kind of got away with being really good on digital experience or at least sufficient on digital experience and really negligent on digital product innovation and product innovation from a digital business standpoint. But we think that's going to change. There's going to be a widening gap between winners and losers based on this area, right? Driven by this this gap, driven by this focus on product innovation with a digital mindset. So one bank, I'll just give one last example, and then we'll do some questions and answers. One bank designed and built an entire novel line of services and products around people's financial life events. So everyone knows life events matter. I actually think banks have undervalued life events for a long time. They're the number one driver of new product purchase in financial services. This bank, this traditional financial provider, it's not just a bank. It offers, it has a a wider suite of products and services, but, and frankly, business lines, but it centralized digital business strategy, and then it fundamentally rethought it to design new, better products and services around those financial events. So not just a marketing, which is useful, right? Not just around their architecture on their website or app, not just their search, you know, SEO, SEM and the design and the taxonomies, but fundamentally the product design from a financial life event standpoint. Um, And it's a little too soon to set to tell. Um, but so far the the um, on on some sort of traditional metrics like conversion rates, stickiness, retention, even deepening of loyalty and product purchase on all those metrics things are, are looking decidedly positive. I think it's too soon to tell I can't name them because we don't we't permission to name them yet but that kind of thinking is still very rare but it is at the heart of really rethinking from a culture to Mindset and strategy standpoint, how you operate, uh, who you are as as a bank, and, and that that is digital transformation.
1: Thank you, Peter. That was really insightful. I have a couple of questions with me that you know would help our viewers get into finer nuances that would actually help them in their digital transformation journeys. The first one. Since digital transformation in banking is fundamentally about culture, like you said, mindset and strategy, can you share some examples of how banks can shift their culture to embrace a digital first approach?
0: Yeah. So, I mean, it's not easy. And I will say, I mean, this is sort of the tough, I don't know if it's even medicine. It's just tough. It's t- tough truth. Is there are times when you are at an organization, someone, I hope no one listening to this, and but um, someone is at an organization that, the culture isn't going to change anytime soon. It might never change. And, and I don't, I mean, I'm not, <laughs> uh, I am not someone who gives career advice, at least not, not most of the time, but there, there are, there are sometimes. Now, that's, that's rare though. I mean, even though most banks are falling short of digital transformation, I think there are lots of opportunities, but I'll just make that note. There are times when it's not going to happen. And uh, I think it's worth sticking around for a little while, checking it out, but, but it's sometimes not going to happen. What I think it, you know, it, it does, it, the most successful firms like BBVA, like, let As an example, uh, RBC uh, in Canada, even CIBC actually as as, as well. BMO, there's three uh, banks in the US that I think are, are really strong in this space in digital business, as well as there's a couple of Turkish banks uh, and, I, and a couple others in Amea. Santander, they're um, parts of their uh, European arm. Um, so I, I will stop naming though. Uh, let, me, let me get right into. So those firms that I mentioned, most of those firms that I mentioned, certainly BBVA, RBC, CIBC, BMO. Have gotten from the top executive, and in in all cases they are CEO level, uh, not just buy-in, but enthusiasm to, to rethink who they are as an organization, what their role is in people's lives, and have used that to further a culture shift. For those that are somewhere else in the organization, what we've seen be effective is, I mean, is putting in place, you know, the term we use at Forrester is rituals. And uh, that's, that can be sort of a creepy term, but what we mean is, so I'll give an example. There is a uh, a bank, this is actually um, an asia pack and a, an European bank primarily, but they put in place a, so some middle management put this in place, but it's a bottom-up driven exercise and ritual, which is a twice annual, so two times a year, I don't know if I'm saying that correct, not biennial, but twice uh, twice a year, a, uh, a process whereby anyone in the company can pitch ideas. I mean, it's a little bit like Shark Tank or Dragons Den, uh, whatever your your local TV show is called. And then they earn buy-in from executives and other champions, higher level uh, champions. And they also have awards for things, that, ideas that are great ideas, worthy of being tested, but don't work. Fail, but fail in a way that's valuable to the long-term strategy of the company, to the long-term uh, mindset. So that's some of the things we see. There's also, I mean, I, I find inspiration. Uh, I mean, I, I find some inspiration in lots of places, but we have seen that outside-in inspiration. So sometimes that's showing from a customer perspective, the, the pain points, uh, although many banks are pretty good at this, but actually grabbing ideas from outside your immediate competitors and using them to show what it can look like. To, and I'm, t- I'm talking about the end product, what the experience looks like, and then Having that help to further and even nurture a kind of digital-first culture, uh, that's what we've seen be effective. It's not easy. And as I said, unfortunately, there are times when it's not going to happen. But but for the vast majority of, of folks at the vast majority of banks, it can happen. And that's what we've seen be successful.
1: The next question I have is, how can traditional banks effectively adopt and implement frameworks, you know, like design thinking to drive the digital initiative?
0: Yeah. So, I mean, design thinking is a specific framework that's very effective, there are other ones that, and, and almost all of them are complements to each other. So jobs to be done is, is one that I, that's, I'm hearing more and more about. I mean, we've been aware of it and been writing about it for a few years now. Um, Forrester did not originate it. Clayton Christensen out of Harvard originated, I believe, I'm 99% sure. So jobs to be done, design thinking. I mean, it actually, you set aside time, get people together, do the workshop. Now it it will only have it will have no effect if you just do it if it's a one and done it needs to be continual it needs to be one that again the executives or at least someone inside management is not just pushing for once but continually championing and 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 talking about right on a day to day basis or at least a, a regular basis so yeah I mean it's literally putting those doing those workshops doing that work and then I I think one thing that's under that's hard to do and underappreciated, so maybe that's why it's underappreciated because it's so hard to do, is showcasing successes and frankly, showcasing useful failures. So I'm talking about, you know, we've seen this. I'll give an example here. USAA, a digital for, oh, actually not digital, I mean, a, a direct, an old bank that was always directed and how is digital first um, out of the US. So USAA launched a standalone app that used gamification. It used financial education and, and focused on financial wellness. Used some things like voice interface in ways that they had. And this was a few year, this was years ago. Ultimately, that they closed out. They, they shut down that app and um, incorporated some of the lessons and findings and best practices into their Fat app, their main mobile banking app. But I use that. Be- I mentioned that because the bank was able to show everyone inside the organization what a cool new idea can actually look like. And even though it didn't stick around forever, that sort of spark, that inspiration can be really valuable. So uh, that's some of the things. But I mean, fundamentally, you know, adopting frameworks means someone with usually budget, but at least clout, says, we're going to do this and puts in the, puts aside the time and puts in the energy uh, and the and the enthusiasm into that. And by the way, some of this is self-selection, um, right? So there are going to be some people at a, at a at a bank that are forced to to be involved in design thinking sessions. But a lot of it let people volunteer. Um, you'll see various folks from various arms of the company. And um, so again, cross-functional or not again, cross-functional teams have to be designed for specific initiatives. But for design thinking or jobs to be done workshops, or what we call our engine of exploration workshops, it's um, a Forrester model. You know, they have people volunteer. It's, it's it can be really effective.
1: Thank you. So you definitely spoke about how some banks choose to revisit their business model. You know, when they're transforming to a digital first. So I'm I'm trying to combine this with the next question: where how does this help banks redefine their role for customers in the broader ecosystem? For banks that that prefer not to budge from their existing business model, you know. How do you provide a sort of motivation for that?
0: Yeah, so this is is a great question. I will actually mention, I I feel I I fear that I equally stressed relationship model and business model as things that need to change. And that's that's not actually quite accurate. I, I do want banks to be willing to genuinely evaluate and and reimagine the possibilities of both those things but in many cases we have we have a future of fintech report coming out soon and we talk about the fact that business models don't change at nearly as much as value propositions certainly nearly as much as as features and experiences do so i actually think it is okay if, if your bank has makes money in a lot of the same ways 10 years from now 15 years from now as it does now and as it did 10 years ago 15 years ago that actually can be okay. I don't want to be because you never took the time or put in the energy to, to to considering other options, but that is okay. What does need to change, even if it's simply a refreshing or a experimentation of new ways to do the same things that you've done, play the same role, is that relationship model, that role you play? So when they think about ecosystems and and the environment, I mean one, this is this is not easy to do. It's not even straightforward, but it is one that that I think almost every bank executive manager and, and individual contributor at a bank can can conceive of, which is new distribution channels. So ecosystems, especially fintech ecosystems, often become new distribution channels. So new ways that you can sell to clients and sometimes even in an invisible way, right, where you're you're a back end, um, right, you're providing the capital, the loan, the decisioning, whatever it might be, um, the data. Often via API and sometimes through a brand name, right? So where you're you're plugging into their existing network for I mean BNPL is a good example of this by now pay later. So I think that the it is a the job here is about imagination. And that's where the, the sort of mindset aspect of it comes in. Imagination and then experimentation. And the both are hard, but it's you know it's looking around and identifying what are some emerging ways. Emerging ecosystems, right? So that might be new new ways that cars are bought and sold, right? In multiple countries, there's there's new marketplaces emerging for vehicles. There's definitely new marketplaces emerging for services, including the super apps, you know, the grabs and the various folks, including the classics, the WeChats, et cetera. So looking for that. I mean, that's, that's I think what it is. And then being this is there's a certain humility sometimes, there's a certain humility increasingly there is a certain humility required to say we the bank play this role we are not the main brand that they that the end user cares about we might be adding value by trust right they trust that we're reliable we're we're going to be around we're we're held to certain regulatory standards but we're just providing the loan someone else is the delivery channel someone else is the main brand and and owns the customer relationship on the front end a little bit more but that humility so there and there's and there's you you should be pursuing both of those or at least experimenting with both of those
1: so you did mention a multinational bank success in monetizing monetizing APIs through developer facing offerings. Could you share some more details about this approach and how other banks can explore similar revenue streams?
0: So, yes. I mean, I intentionally didn't name them not to be coy or a jerk on the call. But, you know, we write case studies. Actually, for whatever reason, a lot of the things I'm talking about today are ones where we don't have published uh, case studies or, or have these examples published. But, yeah, I mean, the role you play in someone's life sometimes is obvious and direct and almost, you know, sort of purely first party. In other words, you know they need to hold money somewhere. You hold the money. That's a deposit account, right? You hold the money for them. Uh, you know, there, there's uh, we talk about net interest margin and the business model behind that, but you hold the money for them, and that's that's a pretty direct relationship. This bank and I increasingly other banks recognize that. Sometimes there is a third party, a developer, not usually a you know a guy or or woman in their basement uh, in their pajamas. You know that there are independent developers still utilizing some APIs from banks, but often third-party developers that are established businesses that are at tech titans, big tech companies, smaller tech t- uh, technology companies, fintechs, and recognize that there's value the bank can create and can do so easily. I shouldn't say easily straightforwardly and at scale. And you do need to develop the front end. It's not always well; it is a front end, but you need to develop the, the place where people go to gather these. And there's a reason that it's about network effects, but it's also that there's a reason platform has become such a big word because you need to have that platform where people can, where where the bank can offer a clear sense of what it offers through APIs. It can be KYC as a service, it can be a lot of different things, and then lets those people come in, view a menu, you know, access those, uh, utilize those, call on those APIs. It doesn't always have to be APIs, but that is the most prominent. I mean, by far the most prominent. So yeah, I mean, there is no bank or credit union that shouldn't be considering this. There are many. I mean, the vast majority aren't going to end up building anything near as big as the bank I referenced or other banks, right? You know, certainly, Capital One does this, BBVA does this, DBS does this, but we'll um, Bank of Australia does this, but um. Even if you're smaller, you should be thinking about that. And it may be that you offer these through a third party entirely, right? So zero, a, a small business offering, right? So it's, a, it's a platform for small businesses, offers other people's products and services on its platform. And so the few banks, including BBVA, have been successful offering through, through their network.
1: Thank you, Peter. Since you brought up the topic of platform and since we have a platform called Absalon, which is a low-code digital banking engagement platform – could you tell me a little bit about the role these kind of platforms play in helping, you know, a traditional bank transition to a digital first bank?
0: Yeah, so, I mean, platform as a concept plays a lot of different roles, right? I'll, I will actually zero in. I mean, not, not just because you brought up and you guys offer it, but I think it's, I mean, let's use, low-code's not the only example, but let's use that as an example, is platforms can be really valuable in enabling experimentation so i mentioned the mindset aspect this is imagination and experimentation uh you need to have the culture for that you need to have a strategy that innate that allows for that but but the mindset part of it's the hardest part in in the three we've talked about so the imagination part low-code platforms and any other types of platforms they have some role right there are some platforms for brainstorming ideas but that's not where i think it's it has the most bang it's it's in okay we have we've imagined a few different concepts ideas and that can be new product ideas, new service ideas, new distribution, new revenue streams, new pricing models, uh, new business models in in a few cases. Platforms like low-code platforms let banks experiment with those, sometimes in a sandbox uh, uh, environment. And that experimentation, when I look at the banks I've named in this that have been successful, I've brought them up a lot, but they are one of the the strongest here, BBVA or Kaisha Bank, right? Another European one. They're really good at experimenting, testing, and then making the, the hard decision of killing an idea, or furthering an idea, or expanding an idea. And that's I mean the role of platforms, including low code platforms. That's a big one. Is is helping multiple arms of the company simultaneously, hopefully in 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 either collaboration or at least coordination, uh, experiment with new ideas, and therefore push their company as a whole further in digital transformation. Thank you for listening to Absalon Fintech Insights. Subscribe to stay up to date on all things fintech.